This past Friday, I saw an article in New York Magazine confirming what I truly thought would be the end of America as we know it. This article explained that someone at the magazine had asked a shop in Brooklyn to make hot dog flavored ice cream. (laughs) And they did it. After a week of controversial Supreme Court rulings, unprecedented testimony in Congress, I thought, hot dog ice cream is the last straw. That's it. How can we proceed as a nation? Are these really the end times? Now, the end times are an oft-recurring theme in the entirety of Scripture. Jesus has a knack for directing our attention three ways at once. To our past, to our present, and to our future. Apocalyptic language is what we hear in the gospel today. The harvest. The harvest is a metaphor throughout the gospels that is echoed in Revelation. When the one who sat on the cloud swings his sickle, harvesting the earth. Harvesting is a common way to frame and understand salvation, election, and judgment. Satan's fall like lightning echoes Revelation chapter 20 as a way to describe the ultimate defeat over evil. In the ultimate harvest, some will be sifted like chaff and others will not. Some will welcome the disciples on their mission and others will not. It is tempting to take this intense language and apply it to the world we live in now and wonder what things humanity has created that might or should be cut down when God comes to judge. I do not intend to take us to that place, though I do think God would judge hot dog ice cream harshly. I actually think that these apocalyptic metaphors can help us understand our past let go of our judgment in the present, and focus on what's to come. For there is but one thing to come, the kingdom of God. And we have some choices to make. Like other anniversaries, July 4th places us simultaneously back in time in the 18th century, and also forward in time, ahead to what might be in our country. We can see both backwards and forwards, and it is also hard to forget that we are tethered to the present. No matter what or who was in charge a long time ago, or who will be in charge now or in the future, there's no denying that we are the ones who are here now and have responsibility to do our best to be good citizens. Our position here as members of Christ's church is especially unique. Now, I will admit to being uncomfortable with any mention of patriotism, nationalism, or politics in church. There are people who would like to equate patriotism with Christianity. Those are the very ones who seem to confuse the cross for the flag. That is not my or our church's theology. But it is impossible to ignore the reality that we are stewards of a place and of a community that has, as John said in our weekly email, prayed the United States through every crisis we have faced since 1794. We live and breathe in a physical place that has extraordinary power and influence. And while we can often take it for granted, we shouldn't. We are called especially to an integrated life 
something we explored last week. So I would like to contextualize today's gospel a little bit and wonder whether if the end times are not a rather useful lens through which to view the July 4th holiday, and not because I think that the end times are coming as in now, temporally, as the result of very real evil we see in our world. This isn't a glib hyperbole. But just because the end times will come someday, as Jesus promised, and where we stand when that comes might have a lot or a little to do with our identities as Americans. On this July 4th, how can looking back help us look forward? How can the story of our witness as Christians on Capitol Hill help us proclaim the coming of the kingdom? How can we imagine ourselves as the 70 disciples eager to spread good news, knowing that it will be dangerous, vulnerable, chaotic, and potentially fruitless? The apocalyptic imagery tells us two things about work, our work we can consider The first is that though the disciples are in an absolutely euphoric state upon their return, Jesus warns them not to rejoice in their own gifts, but rejoice that their names are written in the kingdom of heaven. It was never about the disciples or the messengers themselves. It was always about the message, about God's goodness, about the kingdom, about the possibility for the future. That's the first thing we should remember is that it's always about God. The second thing is that the message and our work is urgent. While read as a simple missional or even ecclesial metaphor, this passage from Luke actually does both of those and more. Yes, it gives us a model of discipleship, of going out to preach peace, but it is also a foretaste of what might be, of what Jesus promises us when he claims that the kingdom of God has come near. It frames our own participation in the mission of God and makes our work urgent, high stakes, requiring the best of us. These two things that this apocalyptic imagery leads us to, the urgency and the centering of God in all our acts, that should lead us in the present to acts of mercy and of courage. We heard such words today. Jefferson, Chief Yellowhawk, Anna Julia Cooper, all of them, they were all urgent. Their message and words are timeless and they center God's goodness. And their lives are a witness to how acts of mercy can happen in the present for good things in the future. The inbreaking of the kingdom relies on our acts of mercy, not because we are so amazing, but because the content of God's mercy itself is what will change things. In the midst of campaign promises and social appearances and sound bites, we are almost led to believe that the principles of what we believe are actually embodied in one person or a group of people. They're not. The disciples' work in the gospel shows them looking back at what they were, regular people with creature comforts, and looking ahead to where they could be in the kingdom of heaven. As we undergo similar meditations today and tomorrow on the 4th, 
We must not forget that whatever it is that we see ahead of us is dependent on the acts of mercy we do now. It is urgent. And it's not about me or about you or that person or this person. If we are to believe in the ultimate defeat of evil, in the justice of God, when God sits on the throne of justice, the throne of the universe, as Anna Cooper said, we have to see ourselves as part of how that defeat will come about. No, I don't actually think hot dog ice cream is the harbinger of the apocalypse. It's not kosher, though. I'm not smelling fire and brimstone. This isn't about the imminent wrath of God coming to take us or not. But I do think that all of us here, we don't have the luxury of ignoring the machinations of our country just down the street. They happen around us all the time and, perhaps, because of us and the choices we make. In light of this, may our work remind us of who we have been. Let our present acts of mercy reflect our dreams of who we can be. We do not have time to waste, for the kingdom of God has come near. In the name of God.